comes the Here comes the Y'all don't really worry like So I keep big bills up in my heart on the dirty like blood So I ain't got no twist in my head, but I'm still dreadful And I got plenty of bread, so I go to bed full I'm in it to win it to win it, I'm all in I might call you my cousin, young blood, but we ain't kin You think of jumping, man, you best think again Alright, welcome back to another meeting of the Order of the Straight Arrow You have myself, Troop Scout leader Dustin Lays with Beave Across from me in the clubhouse today. This is the historian, Denim Smoking Dart Wall. And in between the two wall boys, you have myself, I'm Miles, a.k.a. Chief. Runs with bins. And I'm very happy to announce that we have in the clubhouse once again our favorite member from across the pond. Hi, I'm Elder Little Pond. I'm glad to be back for a great episode. <laughs> glad to have you back. So, to kick this meeting off like we do the rest, let's start it with the straight arrow O. For those in scout uniform... Three-finger salute. Those at home in civilian clothes, hand over your heart and repeat after the historian. A straight arrow tells the truth. A straight arrow loves nature. A straight arrow never puts stress on a propane valve. And a straight arrow is always against Bill H.R. 57, which would allow the importation of South American propane. Can I get a round table? We Matanya! We Matanya! I got myself a tiger shark today, boys. What you drinking? Well, we got a new one in the clubhouse we haven't mentioned before. From Stanley Park Brewing, I have the Sun Settler, a peach wheat ale. I think it's a Sun Setter. I like Sun Setter. I've been playing a lot of Fallout, okay? So I see Settler all over the place. <laughs> and I'm crushing a Stanley Park Brewing beer, too. It's their summer Hefeweizen. And I see, it is nice. I see you rat hold that one. I was looking for them. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan didn't want them. He yeah, choked. he passed it up. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm drinking uh, Mott's Clamato Caesar, um, or as you Americans might call it, a Bloody Mary. <laughs> but they uh, ain't the same thing. They ain't the same thing. Yeah, this has like clam juice in it or something. Yeah, it's... That's really hyping it up to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Mary's like tomatoes juice and I thought it was the exact same thing the only difference was there was no clam juice in it and they use salt (laughs) Salt? we use celery salt they use this is full of salt oh celery salt the rimmer don't forget the Worcestershire sauce Worcestershire sauce yeah and the Tabasco sauce I don't know is those in a Bloody Mary not in any Bloody Mary I've ever had I mean I've I've never actually had one yeah I don't like it I mean I like tomato juice but that's besides the point so before we get into this episode info uh, I'd like to take us to the segment of listener feedback where we go over any corrections, feedback, comments that we'd like to bring forward from the audience. I have a quick message from our uh, our boy OptiGrab on Twitter uh, about the last episode regarding Tammy Wynette. He mentioned the show Tales from the Tour Bus, which I think we've talked about once or twice before. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Wynette had a two-part episode uh, that was pretty fun on that series, so I think we're going to have to check that one out. Mm-hmm. That's probably – that's my bad because, like, I've seen that, that whole first season. It is fantastic, but I'm always, like, crazy stoned when I watch it, so I can't remember any of it. <laughs> Sounds about right. But I know it's good, and Mike Judge is himself, like, in the show animated as himself. It's really uh, – it's pretty cool. Yeah, I remember we talked about it at one point in time, and – 
Uh, we do have a correction, at least one that I can remember right now. Um, oh, fuck, I forgot who it's from. <laughs> I think it's Pizandi. I wrote, okay. <clears throat> this is from The Real Pete Zandy. This is, it's at Andy J Pro on Twitter. He, uh, he corrected me on my confusion of state colleges. Because mm-hmm. Buffalo's no state. Buffalo no state. He said, a state college is just one that receives state funding. Doesn't necessarily need to have a state in the name. But other colleges without the word state also get state funding, so it doesn't mean much anymore. That actually kind of cleared it up for me, too, and uh, thank you for that, uh, the real Pete Zandy. Um, Pete Zandy. Pete Zandy. So thanks for uh, writing to us, guys. We really appreciate you guys reaching out and letting us know uh, what we messed up on. Or... Making us look like dicks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. Now we all are better for it. So let's get into some episode info. So, as you may have realized by now, this is the season finale of season two. This is the 35th King of the Hill episode overall. It is the 22nd episode in season two. Entitled Propane Boom, part one. Originally aired May 17th, 1998. This was written by Norm Hiscock. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have pause for giggles in my notes. <laughs> this is his first writing credit of an 11 total. He previously wrote on Saturday Night Live and Kids in the Hall before coming to King of the Hill. Uh, he worked with King of the Hill until 2004 um, as producer and writer. And um, Afterwards, he went on to... He's quite involved in Parks and Rec, writing, directing, and producing there as well. Most recently, he is the executive producer, writer, and director for the Trailer Park Boys animated series. TPB. Fuck, I was really liking this guy up until that last <laughs> Did moment. you watch that? La- that? No, I haven't seen anything past like, season seen five. Yes, I have. Is it good? Uh, I've seen it. No. No, it's not good, but like Kurt put it on one day and just dances with McDoubles. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just like, yeah, I just kind of got stoned and we watched Trailer Park Boys... Uh, and it was not funny. It, it was an interesting concept. I'll give it that. Because, like, instead of... Because I guess Mr. Leahy passed away and, like, all the guys are getting quite old in the show. So they made it... It, t- it picked up after the end of the live-action show. Oh, yeah. And where they all go to jail and, like, they all eat a bunch of mushrooms. <laughs> and so, like, the whole series is them, like, being high as fuck on mushrooms and, like, getting out of jail and just, like... That's why they think everything's in cartoon. It's because uh, they're all high. Should we maybe mention like how good early Trailer Park Boys is? Because sure. like a lot of the listeners like wouldn't know. I, I, and it's like great Canadian yeah, TV. It really is. I mean, I think it's quite known now. We have refuted it a few times. I think ever since it hit Netflix, like worldwide, or at least in you know all English-speaking countries, it, I think it kind of hit the mainstream. But. But yeah, I mean, it if you was, haven't seen Trailer Park Boys, you should probably watch at least the first, like, six episodes, six seasons. It was our little treasure there for a while, and this would showcase was the only thing pumping it out. They just yeah. didn't know when to stop. Yeah, that's true. I'm actually watching it right now. It's funny that it got brought up, and it is great. I think on season three Well, right they now. did stop, but then they got, it, it got picked up on Netflix, and then they came back with more seasons. Oh, okay. And that's more when it sucked. Movies. And the shitty movies, yeah, the movies are... You like that phone game they came out with for a while there? 
oh, dirty money. Yeah, <laughs> that for a little bit. So that was the writer that had his hand in that, or the director? The writer, Norm Norm Hiscock. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then who's the director? Did Jerry mention? Gary McCarver. This is his fourth of 16. We've seen him previously on Square Peg, King of the Ant Hill, and Jump and Crack Bass. So... Uh. This is a... King of the Anthill was the finale of last season, wasn't it? Uh, it was on a, it was on the DVDs. It was not aired as the finale. Oh, I was gonna say, I maybe believe they just pull in like the uh, the heavy hitter for the last episode. Yeah, no, but they do. This director does pull in a certain character who will make an appearance later. Mm-hmm. They did a they did a damn fine job. I mean, Mr. Cock for his first episode, it was fantastic. <laughs> Mr. Hiscock. Oh, right, right. Sorry, <laughs> uh, but. The director's intro from Gary in this one was floating heads of Hank, Luann, Buckley, and a propane tank. Uh, I kind of liked it. It was pretty clever. Pretty good one. Thank you for that, uh, historian. Let's move over to Elder Little Pond with the synopsis. Okay, so the synopsis is (laughs) Megalomart starts selling propane. Thank you for that, Elder Little Pond. And as is tradition, when you're in the clubhouse, we have to play... Little Ponds Ponders. I need that. <laughs> I really... Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're really keeping the, the, the questions in your pocket? <laughs> well, I can't have you looking at them. Welcome to uh, my game show. I have a couple questions for everyone. I'll start with Miles, and then Dustin, and then Dan. your notes, Miles. Don't okay. Look at your notes. Okay, Miles. Are you listening? Yeah, I'm listening. What is Strickland Propane's address? Uh, 135 Los Gatos Road. Which, uh, funny enough, is a real uh, address did in, you, uh, in Dallas. Did you peep the Google uh, images of it? Because they have an alley down there. Do they? I they just, do. I saw it was like houses. I couldn't get a street view on my phone. I but... went up and down, and I kind of peeked down each uh, alley, and there and there is one. How are the lawns? Perfectly trimmed, like money. Mike Judge just lives there. (laughs) (laughs) I did find out it's the 7,000 block, not the 100 block. Ah, I see. But I'm not going to give away any addresses. Okay, Dustin. Okay, Dustin, are you ready? I am ready. What student does Peggy move to the front row while changing around her seating plan? Is it Mr. Garcia? No. Mr. Garcia. Correct. Alright. Yeah. <laughs> so Denim. He's been hiding for too long. <laughs> so Denim, I know I've been a bit hard on <laughs> I know I've been a bit hard on you lately. Luann's shirt so, is green. Uh, <laughs> I've given you a multiple choice. No, okay. Oh. okay. Propane is A flammable. <laughs> B non flammable. C all the B above. <laughs> Well, you can't eat it. (laughs) So? A, B, or C? So, A is flammable, B is non-flammable. C is all of the above. Propane is A, flammable. Correct. (laughs) Okay. One all. Okay. Miles. Miles. What is the name of the store Mark Majimzi used to own on Main Street? Uh, it's uh, can I steal? Hey, let's no, no, not yet. Nothing but drum breaks. Mm, no, Damn but I, we're holding off the stealing. Uh, we're holding <laughs> off the stealing. Yeah, or just just drum down. breaks. Is that what it is? 
Yeah, it's just drums. <laughs> no, we're not. What? Uh, I gotta. Okay, I'll, I gotta say it now. It's just ba- just break drums. Oh come on! I'll give it to him. <laughs> but okay, what reason did Buckley? Is this oh, me? Is this oh yeah, me? sorry, okay. um, Dustin. What reason did Buckley give for being put in charge of the propane department? <laughs> they wouldn't let him make keys anymore. <laughs> yeah, correct. Okay, Denim. Who did Peggy um, notarize their will? Oh, the cats that want to run a bakery. Yeah, what's her name? Uh, she wants propane. Miss Ramsey. I don't know. I'll give you a clue. She's mentioned in can other I, episodes. Can I steal? Too. Can I steal now? Hey, I, I was also considering stealing. <laughs> I have a bonus question. As yeah, well. I can't okay. remember the okay. name. Is it general knowledge or is it King of the Hill? No, it's King of the Hill. But this is, uh, I guess, the first to get the right answer. Like anyone can answer. Okay. Oh, and by the way, it's Miss Throckmorton. Yeah. Oh. Whispered that to Miles just now. Yeah. Just so our listeners know. Okay, but this is this is for the winner, and um, just first to answer wins. Okay, what is the name of the penguin in the Manger Babies? Sir Reginald Mi- Featherbottom the, the third. third. Yeah. You got it. You got the Reginald. Hey. Well, thanks for joining me. <laughs> and now, I guess... There's no prizes, Nate. Uh, I'll give uh... it to you later. <laughs> I didn't win! <laughs> so, uh, so thank you for that, Nate, for that wow. wonderful uh, episode of Little Pugs Ponders. <laughs> wow! <laughs> And this will bring us to the cold open. Okay, so uh, this episode starts at Megalomart, and um, Hank's looking for some 40 batteries for his uh, new flashlight. And uh, he asks the guy that works there, and he's like, oh, check aisle 30. And then he's like, well, we are in aisle 30. And um, so he's kind of annoyed. And he goes to, like, see if anyone else will help him. They all and, like, scurry. this one, oh one worker, like, scurried away. And the other <laughs> worker's like, oh, it's just through that door. And then, like, he gets let outside. And uh, he's stuck outside, and he's like, I hate this place. And then it kind it really sets up the episode, like, what it's going to be about. And, like, I uh, used to have to do a lot of work in grocery stores, not for grocery, like, not for the actual company. So I was just, like, a third party that came in. (laughs) So I would be working in the store and the only one working in the store. So I would have customers come to me all the time being like, hey, where's, you know, the popcorn? (laughs) And you just tell them it's in aisle 30. So they fuck (laughs) off. (laughs) I don't fucking work here. (laughs) The amount of times that I do, like, ask for something and the guy just, like, tells me something and I'm like, okay, sweet. But he'll give me, like, extended directions like uh about eye level like on the left hand side it's nowhere near there like not wrong aisle it's like never do you guys ever again. like ask where something is and then they'll tell you and then you like realize you weren't listening and then you, like, you can't ask again so you're just like oh so you walk in like one direction they're like the other way like your other right yeah like where that used to happen when we work at the grocery store like i was a grocery clerk and it happened like for the first like six months i didn't know where anything was so i'd have to find someone who did which was kind of humiliating but then you have like these customers that would come in not realizing i'm like 16 years old and don't give a no. fuck and they're like excuse me sir can you tell me where the saffron is it's like, no, that shit's hard to find. Yeah, it's like what I don't probably know, don't I, have it. I know where chips are. <laughs> I know where denim works. <laughs> That's right next to where the chips are. 
Break time. Yeah, I was always in the deli, so I was just like, phone you. <laughs> Say, Miles, come tell this person where they're at. <laughs> where the chips is. Uh, we were good kids, though. <laughs> yeah. It's also pretty dumb that, like, Hank actually, like, believes it's through that door. Because I'm sure that door said, like, emergency exit right on it. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, the, <laughs> the guy sent him to the garden center. And, like, every garden center has an exterior exit attached to it. And, like, you'd think he'd been there before, right? Uh, the sign above the shelves at that door say, save big at mega no. Just a little fun fact that was on, tacked on this episode. Here. So maybe it's like a like a like a common thing that they do to customers that they just don't want to help. Yeah, this was one of my quiz questions, but I took it out because it wasn't that good. But what kind of batteries was Hank looking for? for D cell. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, like four of the D b- yeah. variety. Yeah, 4D, yeah. But not exactly four D. But it seems like he probably walked out with about forty. Yeah, you get a lot of batteries for four bucks. It's funny that we're led to believe that he went back at another point, I guess, maybe during the day when it's not just all young (laughs) punks working. (laughs) Because he got the batteries eventually. He got a lot of them. But uh, that brings us to the episode title. And like we noticed in the last season, when it is the uh, finale episode, they do like to change up the intro title a little bit. We got the electric guitar uh, version in season one. And now we have a little bit of uh, yahoos combined with our triangles. <laughs> yeah, I like this. It uh, fired me up. I think it still has. It's this, is it not the same? It's the same song, they just, just a funny yahoo. Yahoo. <laughs> yahoo. I'd love to find out who did that. Yeah, it was probably Roger Klein. Oh, the refreshment singer. Yeah. I mean, I hope he wrote in and was just like, hey, guys, like, not hearing much yahoos in my triangles here, so. So we come back to Luann at her beauty school, and I love that Miss Kremser, how do I say it? Kremser. Kremser. She's, like, explaining how somebody with a bad haircut could get fired or beat up. <laughs> That's why they use senior citizens. And then it shows Luann's troll of a senior citizen in a chair. <laughs> just like, as Luann complains that she wants another one. <laughs> no, she says a new one. Some of them can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> then she takes this opportunity to call Luann into her office. We relearn that she hasn't paid her tuition. And she's going to be suspended if she doesn't pay. I love how Miss Crimson calls her out because Luann's like, oh, I mailed the check. And he's like, okay, well, let's just sit here and wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> There's like 10 second pause. It's like, I didn't mail it. Yeah, and I was curious too because like Miss Crimson says that the check's for the trimester, which I mean is an uncommon term for school. Uh, it does just mean like a grouping of three months. Huh. Oh, really? Weird. A grouping of four months because it splits the year up into like three sections. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just like how uh, school, like, you know, how it's usually a semester, which is breaking it up into two sections. In elementary well, school, actually... you have trimesters. And then when you get to high school, you have semesters. But it's a technicality, and we can move on from it. We're going to move on to Buckley and Luann. And before, uh, before I even listen to them have their conversation, I took a look at where Buckley parked his motorcycle, <laughs> which is directly on Hank's front lawn. And if you look at the animation, like, it's got huge divots, like, where he's driven over that grass. And it's just absolutely savage. 
And uh, Luann's complaining about how she doesn't have $300 to pay for uh, the Arlen Beauty Academy. And Buckley, you know, being the gentleman that he is, you know, almost offered. Uh, all I have is $400, and that's going towards my new trampoline. I mean, the trampoline I have now is good, but, you know. <laughs> you, you can get a trampoline for 100 bucks, Buckley. I think, well, you want one that's better than the one that he's got right now. You know. I love, like, Buckley. I think he's, like, around, I don't know, 20, 21, and he's spending all his money on fucking trampolines. Like, yeah, that's my dream when I was, like, seven. It's like, yeah, I'm going to have the best trampoline on the block. No net. <laughs> Fuck you, mom. <laughs> The funny thing is Luann, like, doesn't even, like, register about it, too. She's just like, oh, well, that's okay. And she, like, kisses Buckley on the cheek, and away they go. And then we see the next scene. We're inside the Hill House, and they're attempting to watch TV, but there's a commercial about some feminine products that's <laughs> really scaring Hank. I think it's a like, feminine hygiene product. Yeah. Like, he already turned it off, told Bobby to leave, and is now waiting for it to be over and testing the waters. Like, like, the, 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 oh, it's so good. Yeah, you, you can hear coming from the TV, it's just like, a woman needs to feel her cleanest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, Bobby, you can't come back. <laughs> Bobby's okay. He's just in the other room getting snacks <laughs> yeah he would have been doing it anyways yeah so finally they're they're allowed to watch tv again but the next commercial ends up being even more horrifying your garden will be a horn of plenty with megalomulch in easy to lift 50 pound bags mm, that chuck mangione one is one class act and now megalomart has propane and propane accessories at megalo prices and it fuels so good. I like that he says fuels so good and not feels so good. Oh, I missed oh, that. I didn't notice that. You guys didn't hear that? It fuels so good. <laughs> Damn, it does. Yeah, that really dug into hearts, or Hank's heart right there. Oh, yeah. When he, when Chuck Man joins doing that commercial, I realize it's the same screen grab that we used to promote our season, mm -hmm. to start a season two. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. Sorry, Hank. <laughs> Could you... Yeah, could you imagine if they just, like, stole his catchphrase and tasted oh. the meat? <laughs> Be ruthless. But uh, I like that uh, – I almost wish that Peggy used the uh, the tap the forehead signal when, <laughs> when she saw that Hank registered. Because <laughs> Bobby left that room pretty quick. He's good at it. Like, he's trained well. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, Hank's losing his mind. You see the veins start popping out of his forehead, and he's, like, shaking uncontrollably. So, yeah, it's – the next day, uh, Strickland propane, and um, there's a lot of commotion. Everyone's kind of, like, running around. It's really hectic. Obviously, everyone's heard the news that um, Megalomar's And there was, like, propane. a few more than, what was it, 14 that they needed? Yeah, there was a big crowd in there. They needed, what, 14 people to be, to be a small business? Yeah. yeah, I guess they've grown again since then. Because, yeah, like, there was a so. lot of people that apparently work at Strickland. Like, I guess yeah. there's five branches. Probably could have just done some layoffs, but... Yeah, and lucky, oh. lucky for the Strickland employees, Buck and <laughs> Debbie stayed up late working on a new plan. <laughs> Debbie and I stayed late last night, and, and after that, we came up with a plan. <laughs> yes, we have a plan. Good work, Buck and uh, Debbie. She just raises her mug like, yep, yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, I, I, read a, I read here that it, I point out that <clears throat> Megalomart's decision to sell propane would not be that big of a deal to Strickland because Team Strictly doesn't get all of their business from like the consumer. They are mostly for it's like, like B2B instead of B2C. But when they still, you mean like, of business to consumer. They get like from like uh, restaurants and stuff? 
Yeah. But wouldn't, wouldn't the restaurant be like, oh, let's go to Mango Martin instead? Well, you know, trailer parks and also... What's uh, the name of the restaurant? Well, I think the thing is that Mango Mart doesn't have... Sugarfoots. The... Yeah. And the idea is, like, I can get Canadian... I can get propane at Canadian Tire, and I do often. But I, like... Pro- Canadian Tire doesn't have a propane truck to come to my business and oh, sell me a lot of propane at once. So or, same... like, a gas station that has a propane... But I guess maybe Mango Martin does. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, it didn't seem like it. That's and like, true. you know, they've got customers that they're not even giving propane to, like that goddamn museum of uh, modern art. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was only when there was a propane emergency. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I just thought could, uh, no, no, that's a, that's a good point too. So it wouldn't you could be just as much of a hassle. Hug every customer. <laughs> it's a pretty good suggestion there. Yes, Buck has this great idea that called service with a hug. Yeah, he's, and then Hank's reaction to Buck's suggestion of the service with a hug is like, you're serious. He's like, that's what you and Devin, because they were just all hugging themselves. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I love when the dude actually comes in and Hank, like, just kind of tries to give him a hug. <laughs> oh, like, two oh, hand taps him on the and shoulder? he just taps him on the shoulder. And he just grunts a little just, bit. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's like a to- another one of those kind of famous Hank Hill uh, butthead grunts. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, that guy is a, a jack, like an asshole for being like, do you accept Megalomart coupons? Like, have like, you ever gone not. to, like, Burger King and be like, yo, you septic Yeah, you know coupons? what? You remember how we were talking about those compressed air things? And I was so mad when I found out how Costco sells them for, like, half the price of what Staples sells them for. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went, I was just there yesterday, and I was, Kurt was saying he wanted to buy one. And I was like, let's go to Costco. Because Staples sells them for twice as much. And this was right in front of a woman who worked at Staples. And she was like, oh, we'll price match. So, like... I mean, That's if you're true. dealing with companies like Megalomart, they do price match and that kind of stuff. So That's true. I mean, it is a dick move because, like, you know it is, like, a, uh, they can't compete with Megalomart. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, corporation to corporation is one thing, but, like, corporation to, like, Ma and Pa's type yeah. business. Have you seen that Nathan For You show where they, like, sell TVs for a dollar and then try to get Best Buy to price <laughs> check it? <laughs> what? It is funny. No, like he opens awesome. a store and then sells TV or some TV or something for one dollar, so like it's official, and then he tries to get Best Buy to like price match it. And I can't remember what happens, but it's pretty funny. Hijinks ensue. Nathan for you is a fantastic show. For those of you who have not seen it, I recommend it fully. He went to the same school as Nathan. He is also a fellow Canadian. Who graduated with really good grades. I think he went to Canada's finest business school. (laughs) BCIT. (laughs) So obviously, Hank's got to drum up some new business. Or at least take away the business he's losing by going to Megalomart. (laughs) And bringing Bobby as kind of his... uh... His cover and, He's and exp- blending in, <laughs> <laughs> explaining to him very loudly uh, the benefits of going to Strickland to get your. Uh, Sir, there's no yelling chart. in the propane <laughs> department. <laughs> I wanted to wait. I wanted to mention this to Denim, maybe Dustin. I can't remember. But like, do you remember that guy at Rockfish that used to brag about going to restaurants and lecturing the oh, waiters about yeah. farmed uh, salmon versus fresh salmon? Oh yeah, it's like that? it's so annoying. I'll give you one guess. <laughs> I knew who that the answer was, and I don't even work there. It's like you go to a restaurant twice a year with your family or whatever. <laughs> like 
He'll like only order. Don't like, make it a miserable time. Every fucking menu says wild. Like it's like. And then he's like starts lecturing the waiter on like the difference. The waiter's just like, I don't give a like, fuck. So and then the next day at work, he brags about doing it. <laughs> Everybody works with a guy like jackass. Speaking of work, so Hank gets interrupted from his uh, speech or screaming because uh, he's not allowed to shout in the propane section. Some of these gases are extremely volubilious. <laughs> um, so that's not a word. I tried to find anything that was like it. What I came up with was, I mean, he could be trying to say voluble which means uh, a continuous flow of words or talkative, so probably not that. What about... Um, he could be thinking of... Volubulus is actually an ancient Roman city preserved in Morocco. So That's could, pretty interesting. He could be talking about that. Uh, but what I was just thinking that he didn't know the word volatile because that would probably be the most relevant word, which means that it's, like, you know, unpredictable and able to combust. Well, I mean, if, but they're actually volubulous. Spell it. Volubial. Spell it. P H. It's silent. V. Oh no! Are you going to the mall today? <laughs> See, I thought he was trying to You're... say voluptuous. 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 Like, that doesn't make sense. No, Isn't that's, that like uh, attractive or something? That's what Debbie is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So are you just pulling my leg on this uh, PH thing? Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I have no clue what it could be. So listeners, calling on you here. <laughs> yeah, Hank's just like, yeah, sure, you might save a few dollars on the char king here. And, like, everyone's just walking past him thinking he's insane. <laughs> and that's when Buckley's like, yeah, I'm here because they don't want me cut keys no more. Yeah, that's, that's And I was going to say, like, he's obviously got – he's been shoveled around Megalomart a few times since we've last seen him because he was – we left him a greeter a couple episodes ago. And he, he started in the chocolate section. Look where he's at now. He clearly got a promotion and then a demotion. He says, I don't know whether to laugh or cry, Buckley. <laughs> no, doesn't he say vomit? I or can't is it laugh or cry? I don't, oh, oh, I, know. I don't know whether to laugh or vomit. Because Buckley has to remove Hank from the propane section, Hank goes back to the alley to gripe with the guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're having a good old-fashioned cookout at Dale's. And Dale's, like, I was like, trying to figure out, I was like, where are they? Because they're like, Dale's yeah. mad in the barbecue, but the yard is super nice. There's, like, potted flowers mm-hmm. and stuff. And I guess maybe, like, Lou, or uh, Nancy does a little bit of uh, gardening there. Because... I, think, I think you're right. I think maybe Dale takes care of the front yard with the car parts and the garbage. <laughs> and, yeah, the back. And the, the back, back drive. Nancy. Uh, you do nice. occasionally see Nancy gardening. Yeah, that's true. And I'm thinking maybe John Redcorn might have a hand in <laughs> maintaining that yard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's funny. Hank's just like, I just want to thank you guys for still supporting Strickland Propane. And he's like, Dale, you're, uh, I think you're in need of a fill-up there. It's been about, what, six cookouts? No, I, I'm, I'm all set. <laughs> and Hank's like, looks at the gauge. He's like, oh, the, the gauge must be broken. It says that it's full. And he starts tapping on it. <laughs> The Strickland decal peels off to reveal a Megalomart decal. 
I mean, at least he went to the trouble of trying to hide it. Yeah. But, just, like... <laughs> such a bastard. Like, before Hank can even, like, look, Dale's already over the fence. Yeah, <laughs> add, add that to the counter, the fight-or-flight opportunities yeah. for Dale. It's I, always flight. I, he's, he's jumping out of his own backyard, too. <laughs> yeah. Into Hank's. Yeah. I did, I did that. I actually bought a bunch of Strickland Propane stickers, mm. and I, I covered both my... I put them on both my uh, propane tanks. Yeah, yeah uh, you did customize it pretty, uh, pretty, pretty nicely, but you've upgraded since then. No, sorry, the barbecue. When I rebuilt my barbecue, yeah, I had you paint the dials blue with yellow stripes for the Strickland propane, mm-hmm. and I did get another sticker for the barbecue. But I, in, but besides that, the propane okay. tanks. They both have Strickland propane stickers. So are you telling me that upstairs on the patio right now, the Grill Turismo (laughs) has Strickland propane underneath? I believe it does, yes. Yeah. Hats off to you. Excellent. Okay. So Grill (laughs) Turismo. (laughs) So later that night, Hank and Peggy are kind of sitting, lying in bed. Peggy wants to change the seating plan because apparently Mr. Garcia is hiding in the back for too long and... You know, Hank, Hank's busy doing something else, um, and Peggy's like, he's "Are looking you looking for a listening? job?" <laughs> he's trying to make no, a game no, plan. No, he's not looking for a job yet because uh, he's uh, oh, he's yeah. trying to make a game plan, mm-hmm. and um, he he has no time for Peggy's problems. Bullshit. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry. Peggy is that teacher too that would just screw up. You sit yeah. with your buddies. It's just like no front row. Oh, it's yeah. like no. It's yeah. like I'm not gonna learn anything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. So, but Hank Hank does come up with a plan, as we see in the next scene. So, well, um, just before we hop to the mm-hmm. next scene, we see Luann enter, and it's funny. Well, we... well, first she knocks on the door. Right? Yeah. Can I come in? No. Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to ask you for money. Well, that's a good instinct, Luann. <laughs> Hank is notorious for cutting people off before they're finished and just be like, that's a good thing you should be thinking about. (laughs) His football career. I can't make $300 until I'm a rich and famous Hollywood makeup artist. Yep, you got yourself a real catch-22 there. Good night. I tried tried to do a little research on catch-22. Oh. And uh, basically what I came up with is that it's a book and a movie. I've seen the movie. Um, I like I damned if you do, damned if you don't. Pretty much, I wanted to find like funny examples of like real life catch twenty twos, um, and I really didn't find anything that interested me. It was kind of sad and boring. I felt like I was going through an English textbook because it was it was just really boring examples. I believe Alice Cooper has an entire song about it. I did kind of pique the interest of anybody, and now they're kind of upset if I didn't say what Catch-22 is about. It's about a guy in the military trying to get kicked out of the military. He he tries to convince the military that he's crazy by doing all these missions. Oh, it's like Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. 
So Hank brings his new bright idea oh, to Buck. Boy. And I I love I love every time we get into Buck's office here, he just really just illustrates the kind of man that Buck Strickland is. And Buck Strickland ain't the kind of man to be having his propane sold by no pan flute playing <laughs> Zam Fear. His name is Georgi. <laughs> Georgi Zamfir. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, he's awesome. And yeah, he's a, he's he's known for his pan flute. He's the master of the pan flute. He is, and if you're if his infomercials are to be believed, he is the king of easy listening. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, I did watch a couple of those infomercials, and they oh, are yeah. cheesy and awesome. It's something that like you're like, fuck, mom, please don't buy this. I know you could get roped into this. <laughs> oh, I feel like all my aunts had it in all of their classes. <laughs> <laughs> I think John Redcorn probably has a few Zamfir CDs. You know what? I bet you're right. So I did a little bit of research on Zamfir. Oh, as I've been, I I made my chili all day with the Zamfir easy listening playlist. <laughs> Solid. So some of his recognizable songs are Childhood Memories and Cockeyes Song, which are from the soundtrack of 1984's Once Upon a Time in America, Gangster Flick. <coughs> Good movie. And probably very popularly known from the Karate Kid for doing a lot of the pan flute, all of the pan flute, in uh, all three, I believe, of the series. I think there's some controversy in the third one. Where the third one's great. He got cut. A lot of his songs got cut from that movie. And <sighs> so are uncredited, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, but what most people may know him from is through uh, Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill. Uh, it's the song called The Lonely Shepherd, and uh, it's f- featured in a lot of other movies. Uh, but a fun one uh, that uh, Denim may be the only one interested in, that he had a song uh, that I can't pronounce and that is translated into Fluttering Green Leaves Wedding Song, which appears in the 1991 uh, Studio Ghibli film Only Yesterday. Ghibli or Ghibli, yeah. Studio Ghibli. Only Yesterday. Uh, have we seen that one? I haven't seen that one. That's why I thought maybe you would be interested in it. I would challenge everyone to name a more famous person from Romania, too. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Acula. Uh, who's the singer for Gogol Bordello? The band Gogol Bordello? Okay. Who's well, if you can't name him, I can name Zamfir. Uh, the whole band? <laughs> Zamfir. But uh, since Hank... There's some Romanian hockey players, wasn't there? <laughs> I don't think so. But uh, since Hank referenced the Beatles and how many... Uh, you know, album how he sold more albums than the Beatles and is better. I'll play a little bit of music and give you some stats and you can make your decisions. Zamfir had 120 million albums sold, where the Beatles had 1.6 billion singles uh, sold in the U.S. (laughs) In my car. (laughs) (laughs) And 177 million albums. So Zamfir, just so you have a reference, he sold 2 million more copies of albums than Dire Straits and 5 million more than Garth Brooks. What kill that sound impressive? Who is buying this shit? <laughs> My aunt. Anybody who watches late night TV with a credit card that has a limit that just don't stop. Isn't like that the point of easy listening that it's just easy to find? Like you don't have to pay for it. <laughs> no. like it's just like No shit, I available. bet Salvation Army has like <laughs> his entire discography. Exactly. Spotify um, does not. I was kind of sad. They're always spotty with discographies. Spotify had, like, like, they had Christmas with Zamfir, and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's a very niche audience for that one. But uh, there's a quote from Zamfir. It says, everybody makes the CDs, he says. They are extremely proud. I have a new CD. I have a new CD. But which style CD is it? Which sound? Zamfir sound? Zamfir. <laughs> well, if it's not Zamfir, then it's definitely Zimfirier. <laughs> That's right. And uh, a fun fact that maybe only we care about. His son, Emmanuel, Theodore, which, I mean, I don't know why his last name is not Zamfir. I would have uh, dropped the moniker. <laughs> 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 he resides in Montreal, Canada. Boo. <laughs> Canada, woo! Montreal, boo! But uh, so obviously that song was not by Zamfir at all, but by Gary Newman. Yeah, it was a Peruvian flute band that they used in South Park. <laughs> like, like it's so funny. Like this is Hanks. He's like ignoring Peggy. He's like, I, I got to make a game plan, and he comes up with this Eastern European <laughs> flute player. It has his. Fucking vinyl record somehow. It's, yeah, he got it for his dinner parties. Oh my God. Well, as soon as uh, Buck lets Hank know that he's got to make some layoffs and that he's fired, he doesn't give a fuck about Sam Fear. He snaps the album. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a bunch more. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody does. They got to go somewhere. But I think that's pretty harsh to just fire Hank right off the bat. Like... I know you'd think he'd get transferred to one of the other branches at least, like... Or, like, just said, like, uh, yeah, like, Hank's his right-hand man. Hank runs the company. Buck is too busy with Debbie after hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, he also let go of Joe Jack, too, as far as we've seen. Yeah, poor yeah. Joe Jack. Make a basket out of your shirt, honey. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, I can't even give you a severance package. It's just like... Well, you've still got the four other branches. I'm sure you probably could have conjured up something for Hank, but... So, where does he go immediately after he gets fired? But the cause. Megalomart. I don't want them. You can have them. Uh, boy, you get a lot of batteries for four bucks. <laughs> mm, bastards! <laughs> There's some lines that I can just, like, see Mike Judge... And, like, that bastards is 100%. I can just, like, see Mike Judge's face when he yeah. says that. I love how he says ba batteries. Batteries. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the next scene, um, it's uh, back at the Hill House, and Hank is dumping a giant jug of Megalo ketchup down the sink, and they're just purging anything of the Megalo brand. Dad, what about this big box of tissues? Is it from Megalo Mart? No. But it was touching something, that is. Throw it out. And on the side of that box of tissues, it clearly says Megalo brand tissues or whatever's on it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Somebody didn't talk. But I love Bobby. I wonder what it was touching. God, Bobby is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and so Peggy's at the uh, dinner table while Hank's doing this. And she's kind of doing their, I guess, their accounting and trying to figure out if they can pay for their mortgage. <laughs> she, has and, uh, yeah, she decides that uh, to be able to afford the mortgage with only one of them working, they're going to have to grow their own fruit. They're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Peggy's like, her, her fucking grand plan. And it's funny because Hank is just pissed off in general that she even was planning for the, for the worst. Uh, 
She's like, I've been, don't worry. I've been saving all of our curtains, and I will make some clothes for Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> we will grow our own vegetables, and we'll have carrots for dinner. And Bobby's like, ah! <laughs> no, for, for dessert. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, Bobby needs new shorts. <laughs> Those go for a hundred bucks, man. Yeah. You're gonna make the kid wear an old curtain <laughs> to school. Who shot the couch, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously, Hank, uh, this is unacceptable. So he sits down with the paper to find a new job. Yeah, like Hank's ego is pretty crushed because Peggy's going to be the breadwinner from now on. And um, so he's just sitting down with uh, Luann and Bobby watching um, Mon- Monsignor Martinez. Why is the Pope holding that gun? <laughs> that is not the Pope. It's Monsignor Martinez. But while he's watching Mar- Monsignor Martinez... He sees a good art, a good thing in the classifies, and he thinks he's got a good job opportunity. Looking What's for a hard looking work- for yeah. one man to do the job that four wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's looking for one hardworking man to replace four Just lazy guys or something. Hank in, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fu- I looked at like I paused on. You can look at the other classified jobs that are there. And there's actually two for Megalomart Accessories Associate. I'm assuming for the propane department. Nice. And like the other ones are normal. There's a construction foreman. There's a hospital administrator, auto mechanic, a receptionist. Then there's one that says fireman. I guess that's where they just get their fireman. It's from the newspaper. <laughs> and then the last one is dog bite specialist. Please contact the Arlen vet. <laughs> yeah. Like what kind of fucking job is that? But uh, it's, it cracks me up. Um, I mean, like, you know, in, it hasn't happened that that often to me in my my adult life. But I really related to Hank in this scene where he, he doesn't know, like, what the shitty daytime TV is. He doesn't know who Monsignor Martinez is. But, like, the couple days later, since he's been, like, not working, he's just like, oh, he's watching Monsignor Martinez all the time. It's like, when you have nothing to do and you have, like, that much time off, you're not in school, you're not working. It's like, okay, like, it's you just get kind of sucked into these shitty daytime TV programs. Oh, I'm just in his robe. robe. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the ad was for... Uh, a pyramid scheme. Uh, yeah, a pyramid scheme. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a geometrist, but that was like a triangle to me. <laughs> well, tomato, tomato. <laughs> and so he is at the bottom of this <laughs> pyramid, and all these other people are there, and they're just getting roped into it. It's just like the isogenics or like a anything I don't, yeah. online. Like honestly, like these these pyramid schemes. It's basically like I got convinced of this one thing, and now I'm gonna convince you to convince <laughs> yeah. six more people the same yeah. thing. And like every single fucking person that has social media has that one dipshit you went to high school with. It's like, hey, you want to buy some Tupperware? It's like, no. I don't want to buy fucking Tupperware from you, yeah. or spices, or essential oils, or makeup, or fucking... Do you want to work from home? No, I want a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> no, I go to you, the store. You, you, you. Oh, God, we're not selling steak knives, are we? Uh, not we. You, 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 you. Has Dad ever told you about uh, back when he went to BCIT, his, uh, so our papa, his dad got, like, in pretty early into some pyramid scheme. This is back in, like, the early 80s when pyramid schemes were legitimate pyramid schemes. They weren't. (laughs) There was no guise of, like, selling something. Mm. Like, it was just, like, you send me 50 bucks. Or you send me 100 bucks. I'll send this guy 50 bucks. And then you tell two more guys to pay you 100 bucks and send me 50 bucks. (laughs) So it's, like... 
it's just like a legitimate like how a pyramid scheme works. But they weren't just a movement of money. Selling anything? Yeah, they weren't selling anything. The only reason they sell anything is to, to make hide it, it to hide the oh, okay. actual game that's happening. Because pyramid schemes work if you can get people involved, but they only work if you get in early enough. And Dad was saying that like yeah, he got in. And, like, every week or so, he would get 50 bucks in the mail, and it would just be drinking money for the week. And, and like, and so occasionally he'd get a letter that just said, like, fuck you. And, like, but he said mostly he got paid. And, really? yeah, and it's just, it was fine. Like, it was. 80s were a great time, man. I know, I know some friends recently of mine were, like, all trying to get into it and get sucked, sucked me into it. But, well, they tried to, but. I was like, absolutely not. That was like without selling shit. They were just like, yeah, buddy, send me 300 bucks. Like, send me 300 bucks. And then you tell three more people to send you 300 bucks. <laughs> like, I wish it was that easy. It's not that easy. There's not a chance I want to bother anybody I know enough to fucking. <laughs> Pyramid schemes are fucked. Yeah, and Hank pokes it. Like, Hank's the only one that speaks up in the meeting and pokes holes through every single part. Yeah, I would like to take this opportunity now to say that if anybody is looking for some steak knives, uh, <laughs> you can buy them from me. <laughs> you, you, you. After Hank storms out of that terrible pyramid scheme session, uh, he goes home to find Luann in the living room reading a book. And it's a book about BTUs. Uncle Hank, what's a BTU? British Thermal Unit. Oh, so there's no bacon in it at all, then. <laughs> what did she think that you was? Bacon, tomato... Onion. Uh, like, like a... <laughs> onion. Yeah, an onion. Yeah. Hank can't believe Luann uh, is going to be a salesman. And I think in past episodes, she's even mentioned an interest in, oh, I could sell propane. And he's like, no, you couldn't. (laughs) And again, he stays true to his belief that she can't do it. And she says that she can and that that Buckley's going to give her a job at Megalomar working in the propane section, which I assume is filling the associate's position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that drives Hank wild. I mean, to be fair, if, like, Buckley... Can run the Megalomart propane in business to run Strickland out of business. Luann could do it. Okay. I mean, anybody could do anything at yeah. that point, right? Yeah. And, and uh, I like that Hank. Uh, he insults her by telling her that she should just go to hell and work for the devil. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I think uh, Luann uh, wishes she had some of those pills that Bobby was taking oh. in the last episode. Good thing that I don't have dangerous brain powers. Or right now, you'd be in a thousand little pieces. <laughs> see, like, this episode, we see, like, a real different shift between, like, Hank and Luann when they're arguing. Usually when Hank would say something like that, it's instant tears. She's, like, hysterically mm-hmm. crying and running away. But she's got, like, a fire in her this episode, right? Like, yeah, she's she is quite back. feisty and high energy coming out of her. Well, I like that because, like, like it really proves how... These two are going to fight against each other because Hank needs his life back. He needs his work back. He can't let Peggy be the breadwinner and he's going to be a bread loser. And Luann has to, she has to go through school. So she has to finish, like, she has to get a job. She's motivated. She's really motivated to get this money. Um, And after their little tiff, we see Hank and he heads out to the alley for a beer with the guys. And he's complaining to them about how he, he responded to 40 classified ads. 
hasn't had any hasn't heard anything back. Boomhauer offers the bank of Boomhauer is always open if he needs a little loan. So, hey man, I know how it is, man. You don't get old low down on the money, man. You're just coming out on bank of Boomhauer, man. You don't then go a little cash advance, dang old additional charges may apply, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Hank's like, no, okay, well we're, we're okay. Peggy's been picking up some extra hours working as a notary public, and then Bill says, my favorite line of the episode. You got yourself a good man there, Hank. <laughs> uh, what did you just say, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> we see Bill pathetically trying to hop the fence a la Dale, yeah. but he just falls to the ground Time like a sack of home. potatoes. <laughs> if I stay still, he won't see me. <laughs> yeah, that's the second fence jump of the episode. Att- yeah, this one's yeah. an attempted fence jump. <laughs> this is a fence flop. Yeah, I'm surprised it just didn't break. <laughs> So yeah, later on they're at Hank's, or they're at home. Hank's making a bologna sandwich or something. <laughs> it's just uh, a mayonnaise sandwich. <laughs> the only ingredient is mayonnaise. I thought there was a piece of bologna in there. I'm somewhere. pretty sure it's just mayonnaise. On bread. <laughs> I don't think he got as far as the bologna. But uh, I think Bobby, I saw some meat in there. Bobby and Luann are uh, they're studying together, and um, they're asking themselves a question. Propane is a flammable. B non-flammable. C, all of the above. Hmm. We can't eat propane, so... For God's sakes, it's flammable. I could have gotten that. And then he hums the sandwich. Yeah, so Hank's increasingly annoyed. He just tosses the sandwich right at Luann's head. I love the thought it makes. Yeah, you see you're just about to blow up before the scene changes. To Hank... Sitting on a couch with a fresh bag of chips, and he's just got his robe on. I don't even know if that's his robe. It looks pretty short. <laughs> How could such a good cop become such a bad priest? <laughs> he's really... Now he has the time to think about the logistics of Monsignor Martinez. Yeah, he's really committed now to just, like, not not working. He's like, this is his life now. But Peggy comes in to give him a pep talk. Um Say that she shouldn't be a crybaby. He should be a no. He shouldn't be a trybaby. Trybaby. That's what it is. He should be a do baby. Go out there and find a job. He says he's trying. Mm-hmm. But apparently, it's not good enough for Peggy because she uh, just signed a, a notary for Miss Throckmorton's cats. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna run a toy store. Yeah. <laughs> what a wacky episode that could have been. But I'm very happy that we didn't follow much of Peggy into her uh, storyline in this episode. It's so funny. Peggy's like, Hank, did you iron my blouse for tomorrow? And he's like, no. I don't even know how to use an iron, and I don't want to learn. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, we all have to chip in. And I like that there's like an extra stab that Hank gets uh, while he's watching Monsignor Martinez. Mujeres, chicas, hombres. Ahora tenemos Megalomar Gas Propano a precio Gas Propano. You bastards. Then we fast forward to Luann coming to Megalomart to take her propane test to get this associate's position from Buckley. And she's whispering to herself, pumping herself up, saying, no bacon, no bacon, no bacon. <laughs> and uh, she finds Buckley in the propane section. I'm ready for the test, Buckley. I just pushed everything out of my mind except propane. Well, and how to get here. <laughs> I don't know how difficult that was to push everything out of her mind but propane, but uh, good for her. 
but uh, she is completely broken when she uh, hears from Buckley that he's already hired somebody for the position. Mm -hmm. uh, and we get a shot of Hank in his red vest, uh, fastening his name tag. And he doesn't even seem to, like, care that he took this job from Luann. Like, he kind of, like, gives a little, like, shrug, like, meh. Guy's well, he really eat. doesn't think, like, he doesn't think that her need for this job is that serious. Mm -hmm. Like, he just d fails to see that if she doesn't get this job, she's out of beauty school because he has his own shit going on. Yeah, and it's such a, like, a high-respected position in Hank's mind, too, that it's like, fuck off, Luann. You wouldn't even be able to do it anyway. I think yeah. he says later on in the episode, he goes, well, I was the better candidate. <laughs> but I we... mean, like... No one is going to argue that. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's definitely a fact. And I feel like you're right. He's probably like, well, fuck, if Luann's going to get this job, like, I got to do propane justice and take this job. So mm -hmm. somebody worthwhile yeah. can You do feel me. like, too, he knows how shitty Buckley is and all of the cronies over there. Like, he knows that they need somebody who knows how to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, they're giving propane a bad name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hank needs to be the guy. So... We hop to the next morning and we see Hank and he's he's getting ready for his first day at Megalomart and Luann's just kind of following him around the house. I guess you think you're going to work right now off to sell propane in your fancy vest. Hope you like walking though because I took your car keys and I flushed them down the toilet. <laughs> Luann, have you seen my car keys? <laughs> I, I love how just unfazed Hank is. Yeah, he's not even listening. He doesn't even look at her. <laughs> no. Like, he's like, I got my car keys in my pocket. Like, I'm getting in the car. Like, bye. <laughs> so, Hank's at work, and um, like like we already established, Buck Buckley's his new boss, and uh, he's making him wear this trainee tag. And he's not happy about it, and he keeps saying, like, so you worked in propane before? He's like, well, I was assistant manager for 15 years. And then um, Buckley and his buddy Ron, who we saw at the beginning of the episode, um, play that um, chicken butt prank on Hank. And What? Chicken butt. <laughs> it's so great for. Like, it's so yeah, great for. And Hank's really not impressed. You know what that means? No, what? Chicken butt. <laughs> you gotta stop saying what. Why? Chicken thigh. <laughs> <laughs> like Hank so doesn't get it. He's not even like offended. He's There's just nothing like to get. <laughs> there is nothing to get. So anyway, um Buckley makes him hang posters in the parking lot for the Chuck Mangione concert coming up next weekend or on the week. And that kind of sets up the final act. And um yeah, it's funny. You can kind of hear like the the disdain in Hank's voice when Buckley tells him that you got to go hang poster. He's like, "What? What? I, uh, yeah." He's uh, like, "What does this have to do with propane?" But he yeah. never actually says it. And yeah. He's just like, "Whatever." Yeah. So now we get the family's reactions to Hank taking up work at Megalomart, and Bobby's first kind of confused. Are you still married to Mom? Bobby, of course I am. Mm -hmm. It's true, Bobby. He is. <laughs> yeah, I love this. It's true, Bobby. He is. Like, how, like, Bobby just can't wrap his head around, like, why Hank would work there. Like, not like he needs the money or anything or he needs to support his family. So, like, his whole reality just, like, falls apart. Well, we've already learned Bobby has no value of money and uh, doesn't really get Hank's sarcasm when Peggy says that she'll uh, breadwin for the family and continue to provide. 
Um, and then he says, oh, that's great. Let's just go dance. And yeah, she says something about his like trainee badge. Like, oh, you can oh, make all it. sorts of mistakes and no one's <laughs> going to call you on it. And then he's like, oh, that's great. Let's just all go dancing. <laughs> and the silence at dinner uh, leads Bobby to understand really only one thing. I guess this means we're not going dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Luann wasn't at the dinner table. Uh, and this was because she was in the garage, uh, and she was practicing or venting. Uh, she was she had her manger babies out. Uh, Miles, could you drop the name, please, of the penguin? Uh, Sir Reginald Featherbottom the third. And she's uh, really giving it to uh, what's the donkey's name? Eeyore. <laughs> I'm Sir Reginald Featherbottom the third, and my boyfriend is going to give me a job at the Megalomart. Eeyore? No, he's not. I'm going to make him give it to me and ruin your life forever. It's funny because this is the second time, you know, we saw in Meet the Manger Babies where Luann used the Manger Babies to communicate to Hank after he ditches out because it's Super Bowl Sunday. And she goes, oh, no, there is no God. God's dead because yeah. Hank is playing God. So once again, she wants to tell her real feelings to her Uncle Hank through the Manger Babies. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of like definitely the, the medium that she uses to get across her feelings. It's mm-hmm. a good good point there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Hank's unable to apologize. So back again the next day, we're at Megalomart, and Hank's trying to unwrap his sandwich and eat it and try and enjoy the little break that he has. But Stephanie and Penny, <laughs> two uh, young female co-workers, are, uh, have a different agenda. <laughs> um, You work with Ron and Buckley in the propane department, right? Doesn't she sound a lot like Brittany Murphy? Yeah. Do you yeah. think that's who voice acts it? Could be, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's got like a little I, more I was like... thinking she's not different enough from Luann. Yeah, right? So like, I'm almost sure it's her. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're a giggling mess, and, and, and Hank really can't stand it, so he gets up to leave because he wants to find the adult break room. Yeah. <laughs> I think that old guy likes you. <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> So they're just like the female Buckley and Ron. <laughs> they're such airheads. And apparently uh, one of them really likes Ron. Wants to yeah. stand beside him at the Chuck Mangione concert. <laughs> what does she see in him? So, uh, yeah, so later on, I guess Tang's done his break and probably didn't get to relax that much. So apparently he's like kind of a greeter now because he's greeting this old guy at the front door. He's like... Mega Lomar loves America. Well, he's a salesman. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, like, greeting this old guy at the door, and the old man <laughs> just kind of looks at him and pops a balloon. He tries to hand him. <laughs> but uh, then he gets to meet a couple uh, other guys that, like, have a lot in common with Hank, Mark Majimzi and Ray Holiday, who are kind of, like, in the same boat as Hank. Like, Mark used to work at a automotive shop, and Ray Holiday we met in the previous episode. He he runs like a he used to run like a bait shop. Or Layaway Ray's bait. Tackle. Yeah, yeah. Like Hank it's recognized his mind. <laughs> Hank recognized Mark McJimsey like before he introduced himself. He's like, oh, like you ran that the bait the break place. Like I know you. And then uh, they uh, they kind of hit it off because they're kind of in the same boat. Small businessmen getting taken over. And now what is I yeah. like the term that he used. He's like, yeah, I'm working for the the beast that that ate the beast me that killed I'm me. Feeding the, the beast, beast that killed yeah. me. That was yeah. it. And then, uh, so yeah, he finds some common ground. Exactly, which is nice for Hank. Yeah, and I, I like this line. Yep, the only place you can find a main street these days is in Disneyland. 
and just try to buy a gun there. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they kind of just like meander over to the sporting goods section where Layaway Ray yeah. is. They're having like a good old bullshit, hang, talking about how much they hate their jobs there and how good it used to be. Mm-hmm. And then some punk young guy comes up and starts uh, chewing them out for not wearing their trainee badge. Yeah, basically like I'll fire you if you don't. And so yeah. they all kind of hang their heads. Yeah. But I want before we get too far ahead, I do want to mention, I know you guys were talking earlier about how weird that guy's name was, Mark McJimsey. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but in the credits, he's actually one of the co-producers <laughs> of this episode what? and multiple episodes. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. He uh, he also produced Bob's Burgers, um, the odd. What's the the odd family? The Office? No, the one that Mike... I'm pretty Judge. sure it's The Odd Family. Yeah. A bunch of other Mike Judge shows, but that was basically... The Good it. Family. The Good Family. The Good Family. The Good Family. Uh, but yeah, so just thought that was a fun little fact of where they got that name from. Yeah, and just like, even just this scene, it really makes me think that I would... Like, if I was watching this show, and I thought maybe going forward that Hank was never going to go back to Strickland Propane. It was all going to be... Now the premise of the show is that he works at the propane department at um, Megalomart. Hmm. Um, I think that this would be a... This is like a pretty interesting, like, situation, I think, for comedy. Like, have a bunch of former business owners having to work for the store that they hate and having to work alongside kids who also hate their job as much as they hate their job. (laughs) But the kids are the managers. (laughs) Before we get too far ahead as well, I just want to know what the fuck Ray was talking about with this story. Oh, yeah. There I was, bare-ass naked, sitting in a box of nightcrawlers. Felt kind of funny, but it kept them alive through the night. See, that's the kind of thing you can do when you own your own store. It makes no sense. Like, <laughs> Nightcrawlers is a bait, I'd imagine. I'm, it's worms. It's worms. Worms. Yeah, so he's sitting go. naked for a whole night. Yeah, so why would that keep him alive? I thought, like, I assumed he said, like, maybe he was keeping them warm, but, like, they're fucking worms. They live in the yeah. ground, in the dirt. They like, eat dirt and shit dirt. Yeah. Maybe he was shitting in the dirt. I don't know, Ray's maybe a weird... We, we already found out in Jumping Crack Bass that Ray's not really all there when yeah. he blew up his own store. <laughs> Are you saying it or am I saying it? He's trout of his mind. Yeah, yeah he's gone <laughs> trout of his mind. But, uh, I think this is the part where... Uh, Hank notices Buckley dragging the propane tank by the valve. And then Buckley just totally turns it around on him. You're supposed to set up Chuck Mangione's dressing room with sliced pears and 2% cottage cheese. Where'd you forget that too, Hank? Trainees. You know how it is. (laughs) (laughs) Buckley is such a bastard. Smallest amount of power to ever go to somebody's head. Yeah, it's just like some old lady walking by too, like she cares. And the weird uh, uh, dressing room requests: the uh, cottage cheese and sliced pears. <laughs> I do want to mention that when we see the dressing room later, they're in there. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But if you notice, he's not even in the dressing room. He's just in the area of the store. <laughs> he's in the that furniture. Has, like, vanity furniture. <laughs> so. Obviously, this mistreatment has led Hank to form a group that's going to pull a mutiny. He's got himself, Layaway Ray, Mark McJimsey, and some fucking old guy named Joe. Oh, I didn't catch his name. I yeah, he had a, wrote him down as an unnamed old guy. Yeah, he had Joe on his name tag, and we he didn't say anything, and he was just standing there. I was wondering, maybe he was just out for a smoke. 
And these guys just came over and started talking about a kazoo mutiny. I think the only reason he was there is so Hank could say that line, like, back out now if you're not willing, because we don't see him, like, later when they actually <laughs> yeah. when they actually have their mutiny. So he was the coward who fled. Joe the coward. He, oh, like, uh, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I think we're going to say the same thing <laughs> yeah. when uh, Layaway Ray's like, we'll just be, we'll be just, like, queer nation. <laughs> <laughs> Or the Boston Tea Party. Exactly. Do you guys know about the Boston Tea Party? Yeah, I've been to Boston. I went to the Boston Tea Party Museum, which is in a replica boat that they threw the tea in the ocean in Boston Harbor. Okay. I yeah. listened to a podcast about the Boston Tea Party. Really? They, Revisionist history looked at it. <laughs> they got sick of the British and they threw their tea in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were uh, allowing the tea to be shipped over from China without paying taxes. So the uh, the Sons of Liberty uh, raided that boat and threw all the tea in the water. And it eventually escalated into the American Revolution. The museum thing I went to, it was like an interactive kind of thing. So they dress up like... Uh, revolutionary <laughs> days and they go hear ye hear ye and they like <laughs> act like it's like that era and it's did it's you like, show that the British are coming yeah and then my <laughs> my brother who's like he tried to ask the uh, one of the tour guides like about the boat like some practical questions I don't remember <laughs> but he kept answering him and like in Old that English. revolutionary style <laughs> English. <laughs> and then after a while, the guy just broke character. He's like, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, I wish Nick. I remember what he was asking him. Was that Nick? Yeah. yeah of Nick. course it was Nick. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. It was like something. Oh, it was like, oh, what other kind of cargo would this boat have been like transporting? Like just a really practical <laughs> question. Listen, buddy, I'm just, I just do the accent. <laughs> he, was, he was just like, you know what? I'm not sure. <laughs> There's a lot of other people here that may have questions. <laughs> but in the next scene, we see Hank in the garage packing up his kazoos mm-hmm. and other paraphernalia. Yeah, he finally gets to talk to Luann. And Luann, at this point, she's got more of a level head. She's not mad at Uncle Hank anymore. She's mad at Buckley. And she asks if the Hank can give her a ride to the Megalomart the next day because she wants to break up with Buckley. And, like, I don't know if you guys noticed this but it just seemed really weird the music that came after Luann said that it just gets into like a really sinister sound so it gets all yeah. menacing yeah super menacing as soon as she's just like uh, this line can you give me a ride to the Megalomart in the morning I'm going to break up with Buckley as of tomorrow your boss is no longer my boyfriend It just seemed kind of like a really weird time to yeah, put that but music. Yeah, that, that th- sinister music's been on throughout the episode. I think it started with the commercial, actually, at the very oh, beginning. Okay, like yeah. with like, like oh, see Hank's vein? <laughs> yeah, like they're selling propane at Megalomart, and they play like that kind of like heavy kind of like... So it's pretty much just like anytime Megalomart's the next scene. It starts yeah. then, I think, but yeah, like after this scene, it's every like 10 seconds. It's like dun-dun-dun. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's building up the tension. Like, yeah, Shoving that tension down my throat. So the next day at, at uh, Megalomart, it's the day of the big concert. And um, Peggy's driving the family to Megalomart to see the Chuck Mangione concert. And Peggy mentions that she noticed the kazoos in 
Hank's bag or whatever. Yeah, geez, no and uh, I listened to your last episode, and I know it was a bit of a loving for Peggy. <laughs> but I must say, like, I did like Peggy in this episode, too. Like, she's, um, like, what does she say to Hank? Oh, Remember, honey, to hum, not blow. If you blow, it tears the wax piper. I'll tell him. I love how they, yeah, exactly. And I love how they play like that patriotic music. Yeah. Behind it. Like, <laughs> like she's all for the revolution. Like she's on his side and totally okay with him throwing over the, the bourgeoisie. <laughs> I love, uh, I love the scene. That, like as Peggy's pulling up, we have like the kind of the, the slow or the aerial shot of the Megalomart and like how King of the Hill pumps up Chuck Mangione like he's the number one rock star in the world. Like there's people in sleeping bags and tents and shit <laughs> yeah. all along the side of Megalomart yeah. to line up to see the flugelhorn play in a parking lot. At this point, I would line up to go see Chuck play. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see Chuck. And, like, the way that they set this scene up, like, I don't know why, but just I think it may be because I know it's a two-parter, and two-parters always end on, like, a cliffhanger, and it's called Propane Boom. So you can kind of see what's happening at the end of this episode before it happens. But they kind of are setting up the end of this episode almost like a whodunit, the way that they're filming these scenes. It seems a little bit different than they normally do. They're checking in with little bits of everybody's story for their day. Yeah. Where I assume, because I haven't seen the next episode, that we're going to get kind of like a retracing of events. Like, well, where were you when this happened and where were you? I may be completely wrong, but I just kind of noticed that, like, while we see, um, like, Peggy getting into the crowd, like, in the background, we see Boomhauer pull up and get out of his car. Kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. why, why did we need to see him do that? Like, I didn't. I started to kind of, maybe I'm reading into it, but I kind of got really interested to see what's going to happen in the next one. Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, you're totally right, because, I mean, it's it's like a couple scenes later where you can kind of see Hank, like, sneaking into that, like, back door sort mm-hmm. of thing. Like, yeah, it's very uh, mysterious how they're setting it up. Because this, yeah, like, this whole end sequence is a bit of a, a jump kind of, a jump cut through everybody's next two minutes, basically. Hank meets up with his mutiny guys. And uh, tells them that he's got a, a different plan than the kazoos mm-hmm. to really take him down. Mm-hmm. We see that brief shot of Chuck in his dressing room. And, like, uh-huh. I like how he's, like, completely bald. Just with, like, the hair, like, that you can only see, like, from outside of his hat. And then when he comes strolling out with, like, six giant security yeah. guards. Yeah. Is he wearing a cape, too? Yeah, he's got his yeah, cape on. His little cape. horns all, like, tucked tight to him. Like, they've got him hyped up. Like, his fucking, like, Mick Jagger coming out of the fucking thing. But it's... Charles Mangione. We see uh, it's another quick pant inside the Megalomart. Um, whatever reason, Buckley's in there working. It seems like everyone else in the store is outside getting ready for the concert. And Luann is trying to break up with Buckley. I'm breaking up with you. Do you know why? Chicken thigh. <laughs> Don't make this harder than it already is. <laughs> as, as you can hear him like dragging another propane tank across the floor by the valve he's putting stress on that valve mm-hmm. yeah i uh, i watched this uh, clip just uh, a couple times because when he lifts up the propane tank to put it onto its display he grabs it with both hands so i was like oh maybe he didn't do it then i, I backed it up and when he is dragging it it's by the valve like an idiot so now when the concert actually starts right before, like, and all the kazoos and his air horn are going off. How you doing, Arlen? Are you ready to soft rock? <laughs> <laughs> and then instead of, to cover up, what does it say, Megalo loves America? 
Yeah, it's it says Amer- it says Megalo kills small business. Yeah, it's Bill's like Megalo destroys slogan. small businesses. Yeah. Yeah, Bill's such a dumb. Bill's so dumb. Like, is that the new slogan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's America loves Megalo Mart. I think is what the original banner says, but Hank doesn't want America to think that that's true. <laughs> and he gets one note, barely out of his flugelhorn. Mm-hmm. Well, because we see Hank and he's he's going to his like his locker or whatever, and he grabs his air horn. That was his big finale, I guess, that he mm-hmm. was hiding from his other comrades that were about to disrupt the concert. But he gets a whiff of some propane. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that propane goes. Buckley and Luann are in there. That man is 911. I mean, here's a make little mark, man. He don't need boom, man. It's a fire, and, they, and it don't that gum, that come down, blowed everywhere, man. I don't know. Saw any man run out there. I don't know if he did. Chuck man, Jones gonna be come down here. Sir, you are going to have to speak more slowly. I cannot understand you. Dang, old make low mark. That talk about them all. That is boom. It's like Foo Power is the only one with enough sense to like run to the phone quickly but he's the only one that yes. operator can't understand i love how it's like slow down but it's not even more like dang old meglo mark <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, just like that we finish season two season yeah. two is done season two is over and i just want to touch on you were saying how like it seems like everything was set up to be like a whodunit sort of kind of yeah thing I think it's uh, I think it's a little less of like a who done it, and more like a dwell on what happens, because like right now, like Chuck, uh, Luann. Luann, Hank, and Buckley are all supposedly like missing. I assume that like. We're supposed to think that, like, oh, somebody could have died. Yeah, like Hank's dead is sort of where they're leaning. Mm-hmm. Especially if we look at, I don't know if this is the, this is probably the better time to get into it. The there was like a promotion that Fox did at this time to like pump up the show in between seasons, kind of like The Simpsons did it, and like J, like Who Shot Jr. kind of thing, like. Uh, a cliffhanger a cliffhanger between seasons but Fox played it up with this like they wanted to move they wanted to rename the show the Hollywood Hills and make the hills move to Hollywood and if uh, Hank wasn't going to agree then it was going to be then they were going to kill him off in the thing and yeah you can roll the Fox clip and now a Fox News update From deep in the heart of Texas to the hills of Beverly comes a controversy that has King of the Hill fans in an uproar. Will the hills move to Hollywood? Texas native Hank Hill. I was born in Texas, I'll die a Texan, and in between I'll live in Texas. The show ain't moving, and that's final. Network President Peter Ross had this response. If Hank's refusal to move, why you killed him off? We have not killed Hank Hill. There were three others caught in that fire, and as long as Hank reconsiders, then Luann or Buckley or Chuck Mangione will die. Stay tuned all summer for updates on the controversy. Um, I think it's great because it's like a, it's like a shout out to the X Files moving from X Files famously moved from Vancouver. It was filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia, 
and all over British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. To L.A. for David Duchovny, wished he could be more in more movies and closer to his wife. And, and he, uh, he, he said on the news one time that all he said was, oh, all it does is rain in Vancouver. And that yeah. made him fucking public enemy it number the one. it so well, like that dreary. It does, yeah. You know, the show sucked after that, for sure. Like, the show was not worth watching after it moved back to L.A. Or it moved to L.A. But I have to think that this is, like, somewhat of a... Because they're both Fox shows, and this was... As X-Files would have been going into season seven right now. So this would have been a season after he made a big stink. Also, David Duchovny sued Fox because of some just some bad blood with some promotional deals. And it like basically robbed like five percent of some money to David Duchovny. And like the it like made real bad blood with like the showrunner of X-Files, Chris Carter and like and the studio and David Duchovny. So I think this little joke is them kind of like sticking it to David Duchovny to say kind of like, fuck you. Like, oh, okay. Because they run, they ran multiple like adverts. Oh, it was it. their, uh, the whole summer in between seasons, this was their whole ad thing, promo to come back and watch King of the Hill. Because I got, I got one more short one I can play as well. Yeah, let's hear it. TV's biggest controversy is brewing. What? Is King of the Hill moving from Texas to Hollywood? Hank Hill speaks out next. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty interesting, I think. Like, this is, so so it's, so it isn't like who, because we can clearly see that Hank, it wasn't his intention. Mm-hmm. We know it's Buckley being an idiot. I'm not going to say anything about the episode coming up because I know you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But, um... But yeah, like it is definitely Fox wants you to think about what happened that we don't see. Mm-hmm. Like, because right now everybody thinks all four of them are dead. Mm-hmm. And they did another thing I saw online too, where like the TV guides that were issued in between season two and three, they came with collectible King of the Hill trading cards. Mm. It was like one was Chuck Van Joni, one was Hank, one was Luann, and one was Buckley. And it would kind of be like, who do you think is the one who perished? Right, so I don't. I haven't seen them anywhere. I just fa- I saw a picture of. I would love to get that my hands on that. Yeah, that'd be super cool. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of fun because it's like, I think in a meta sense, like yeah, you know, you're not gonna kill Hank Hill. Like no, you're not gonna. But kill like, Luan either. But I think to add that extra drama, you could totally kill Luan. But uh, the speak for yourself. I mean, I wouldn't like it, but I just mean she's not the star of the show. Um, I just mean, like, I would think to get people thinking and talking about it, I can totally see that being like, it would be a good way well, to get some engagement. Are they going to move them to like Hollywood? Cause like Hollywood Hills, I don't know. That sounds like it could be a good show. And like they brought the Beverly Hillbillies over it there. Did. It did. It worked then. And it might work now. Um, so thanks for bringing that up because, uh, it is a good cliffhanger to end it on. Um, so I think we should get into our final thoughts on the episode, and then we'll send it home. Who wants to start? So our guests start. Elder Little Pond, take it away. Okay. Um, I really love this episode. Like, it's probably one of my favorite, and like it sets up like this is like the first of like a few two-parter episodes like King of the Hill does, like the one where they go to Japan. And, um, Hills Japan? yeah, there's quite a few, like the one where Peggy falls out of the plane what? and like, what's the other the really good one? one yeah. The, the Sugarfoots one. That so one, yeah, it's, yeah. like King of the Hill has like a tendency of doing like these really good two parters. 
And are they like, always like after like splitting the seasons? Yeah, they're always like yeah, exactly. At least I think so. Yeah, and like I really good because it's like equal as much like tension and like drama as it is laughs. Like they they do that very well. And yeah, I love this episode. And I kind of like I won't give it away, but like the second part like kind of is just as good. So right, yeah, I'm excited I love for that. Yeah, I uh, I love this episode too. It's uh, the two parters are super fun. They almost feel more like like little King of the Hill movies with like with the high drama and like even like like what Elder Pond said there. Like it still has like some of the best like one liners from Bill I think I've ever heard. And uh, no, I yeah I I have zero complaints about this episode. It'd also be one of my top from season two. I'll have to think about it, but uh, great episode. I I just love any episode that has Chuck Mangione in it. It's uh, That's right. endlessly entertaining, I think. And I'm glad that we got another uh, Luann kind of focused episode because she hasn't been around the last couple episodes. I've been missing her. I've been glad that she's back in this one. Uh, and, yeah, it's I like this episode. It's yeah, a good one. Luann's hot and heavy in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I really like this episode, too. I feel like it's uh, another good, like, finale episode because it gets the whole town involved. It starts with, like, you know, the the Hill family, and then it involves Strickland propane. So everybody's affected by Megalomart. And because of the excitement of Chuck coming to town, uh, everybody's kind of gathered together and has a dynamic for this episode. So I, I really like that as well. Um, I wouldn't say that I had, like, a, a favorite character in this episode. Probably Buckley, just because he's had the most lines than he ever has. And he got to put Hank in his place a couple times, which is fun to see because that's like his niece's boyfriend basically just telling him what to do, which is yeah. kind of sweet. Uh, Sometimes but... I wondered if Buckley even realized that Hank <laughs> who Hank was. <laughs> I mean, like, probably not. Um, so I guess for this episode, I'd give it seven chicken butts and five minutes in the supply closet. Nice. That's <laughs> that's just, that's since you haven't seen the next one like do you have any like predictions because I mean, we like, all seen it before I i'm either gonna say like okay so hank can't die like he can't because there's another i know for a fact that there's more seasons luann can't die because there's more seasons i don't think they'll kill chuck mangione so it's either buckley dies or nobody dies is my guess because like i could see nobody dying and it just be one of those like oh psych like homer's not dead <laughs> he yeah. wasn't <laughs> so it's either Buckley or Mr. nobody Burns. is my guess. Mr. Burns killed him. <laughs> All right. So for the yeah, so for the this is it for season two. Yeah, at the end of the episode, should we give it a, a final round table? We Matanya for season two. We Matanya. <laughs> There's like no beer left, man. <laughs> Salvation Army band played And the children drank the lemonade And the morning lasted all day All day And through an open window came Like Sinatra in a younger day Pushing the town away
said in winter 